0: Hello, you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today in the studio I have Steve Reinhardt.
1: Hey Noah.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: Good. Great to be with you.
0: Great to be with you. And we have a special guest. We have Betty Wells.
2: On the hot seat. Betty Wells. <laughs>
1: Woohoo. <laughs> and we're super excited to have her. Yes, we are. Um, because she gets going to tell us of her testimony of how she came to Jesus, right?
2: yes I will but you know to me it is a miracle when any of us come to the Lord it's just not of this world it actually changes us when we're born again to the new creation that he wanted us to be all along and so my testimony is no more special than anyone else's testimony it's just different yes And at first I kept telling Noah I wouldn't do it because it was so long ago. But (laughs) if it glorifies the Lord, then amen.
1: I think it will. How long ago was it?
2: It was 1972. I was 22. And I was raised in a very normal home and got drugged to church every week. My dad was a yacker. He wasn't a pastor or anything, but he just liked people. And so we were always the last ones out of the church. So the thing is, our church was the type that didn't talk about knowing the Lord or having a personal relationship with the Lord. Nothing like that. It was a an intellectual sermon that we kids suffered through and tried not to giggle at each other, you know. So... By the time I was a senior in high school, I had decided that there was nothing to Christianity that Jesus probably was not anything. Mm -hmm. So fair enough. My parents actually did let me quit going to church, uh, I think when I was a junior and to me the hippie movement was attractive because at school we only got the pecking order of society and um... but they were talking about love and peace and uh... dropping out from the whole system and all that so uh... Um, as when i went to college i was already very much interested in that and so I ended up going to college for three years and then dropped out to do whatever. I had one boyfriend before I married Mike, and that I had that boyfriend for three years. So uh, uh, long story short, um, in August of 1972, I was hitchhiking. On the west coast and a man picked me up who um said wow don't you think you should come home with me and you can take a shower and have a good meal and i'll bring you back out to the road tomorrow and i could tell he was a really nice man and uh he said his daughter was living at home with her baby and and his wife, and and I would like them. So I went home with him, and the thing is, they then, well, by day two, the woman asked me where I was at with the Lord. And I despised Jesus freaks. That was the time of the whole Jesus movement. But I just despised Jesus freaks stopping me on the street and trying to tell me about Jesus. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd always try to think up smarty answers to them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this lady, you know, the Lord was, uh, obviously was already opening my eyes. But And this lady was very nice and I said well I have come to the place where I believe there is a God and she said well that's good but you know there's more and uh, then they kept thinking of reasons why I couldn't leave I could not go back out on the road and there was a very handsome guy in the neighborhood who was going to hitchhike down to the city in California where I was going to meet a girlfriend and he said i could hitchhike with him so i told them that and what a great idea that was and they said no (laughs) no way was i going to do that not with him they said so um i ended up actually i think i had been there maybe a week maybe two weeks i don't remember but like I said, they kept thinking of reasons why I couldn't leave. And, you know, there was a big neighborhood. They lived out in the country, but they were having a big neighborhood party. And I had to come to that and on and on. But they were the type of people who always had visitors out of town visitors come by and stay. And so there was a couple a young couple who came and the wife was Jewish and the man was from California she was from New York and she said that right out of college she had an education degree and they sent her to Harlem to teach And she said most of her students were bigger than her. And so it just didn't last. (laughs) She only taught one year and came out west and had gotten married. But she was a, a believer. And so we went for a walk in the woods. She's the one that actually prayed with me to receive Christ because, well, by then I had seen the light of Christ in people's eyes around there. And I knew they had something I didn't have. But when she asked me to pray with her. I had three questions. I wish I could remember what they were. I'm sure they were about as deep as a tissue paper as Mike would say. <laughs> but uh, she answered my questions and we prayed and because I thought, hey if there's nothing to this I can just hitchhike away from here and no, none of my friends are ever going to know I did this and mm-hmm. it's fine. Oh. So I did pray with her and told all I she prayed and all I prayed was Lord. I just want you to know I'm sincere about this so I felt different right away, but uh, It was the next night when I was in my bedroom and the Spirit of the Lord just filled the room. It was sweet as honey thick mm. It was uh, a big experience and so I did have a, a strong conversion experience and ended up living with those people for three months. Wow! Then my parents wanted me to come home for Christmas. And I said, no way, I'm not going home. <laughs> but then every night when I would go to bed, all I could do was think about going home, going home. So I knew the Lord was leading me home. So I went back to Kansas City to my home. Did uh, you hitchhike back? Or? No, Papa Lucas, um, the people I lived with in Oregon, bought me a bus ticket. Oh, okay. And that's another story in itself, which led to the worst birthday I've ever had. But never mind. I did eventually get back to Kansas City, and uh, <laughs> uh, that was really cool because... I just started working as an aide in a nursing home, nurses' aide in a nursing home, because a lot of the Sisters in Christ in Oregon at the Jesus House there did that job. So I went and did it. And there was a black fella who worked maintenance at night, and my shift was 3 to 11 at night. Um, three in the afternoon till 11 at night and he would come in before we left to start cleaning and when he found out that I could go back and finish my last year of college and my parents would pay for it and I wouldn't go every time he saw me. Have you enrolled yet? Have you enrolled yet? And at first I just laughed and laughed it off but After a while, I thought, well, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Uh So at church one Sunday in the summer, I asked the pastor at our church what he thought about whether I should go back to college or not. And he stood there for 15 minutes telling me all the reasons why I should go back to college. So I enrolled that afternoon, went back, and had my senior year, and Mike was having his senior year. And we ended up getting together. Mike had, and his friends had started a coffee house where all the students, students in the area where students like to go. They had a Christian coffee house. And so, um, um, <clears throat> you know, just going to the various Bible studies, um, I finally attracted Mike's attention, I guess. and <laughs> With the pie, correct? Yeah, with the pie. That, that, took the pie. Yeah, took the pie. Yeah, he didn't really see me until I brought the pie over to their dinner before we went on Christmas break, all of us. So.
0: So he had a sweet tooth.
2: He has always had a sweet tooth, yeah. <laughs> Pastries are his big thing, so. Uh-huh. yes. Yeah, so, um. Then we got married, you know, the next, we, he and I both had to go to summer school for a few, pick up a few hours, and then we got married the day after we graduated.
0: Cool. I have a question for you. Did you, did you tell your parents you accepted Christ when you get, finally got back for that Christmas?
2: I did, but my parents are not born again to this day, and so, no, I told them on the phone when I still was living in Oregon. Oh, okay. And... My dad said, well, it sounds like you got your head screwed on right finally.
0: Oh,
1: my.
2: And that was about it, you know.
1: Yeah. So was that uh, tough to have that? You, you kind of had two two different sets of families going. The people that you lived there with in Oregon kind of had to seem like they were the opposite uh, of your folks in Kansas. Is that right? Or Absolutely.
2: Not? Yes. Although the man claimed he didn't he was not a Christian I believe he was when he picked me up hitchhiking he ran home and told his wife I think this is the lord <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny I think he she was in the charismatic movement and which is good for me because they do reach out to people to evangelize Mhm but um but you know he was an intellectual and a communist from hu- Hungary his family had, was from Hungary and so there was no way he was buying into all that but i i do believe he knew the lord so but yes they that family was a great tutorial for me living there for 3 months that was something i'd never had at home and um
0: Did you work there, or, I mean, were you just...
2: No, they said I could stay as long as I fit in with the family. They had a, you know, a big garden and pigs and horses and things. Uh, I helped in the kitchen, which is what she appreciated more than anything. But uh, I also played the cello, and Papa Lucas had played the cello, but he was a journeyman carpenter, so he had cut off a finger so he couldn't really play anymore but he'd get in there and play the piano while I played the cello he was just in hog heaven that way (laughs) so it really was a wonderful time those it was just three months with them but it was just a wonderful time and of course they were friends until they passed away they were my parents age but they were really good friends good but yes and why I shouldn't have gone into all that is that yes we're called to receive christ but part of that is being called into a family we have a brand new family Mm -hmm. of other born-again believers
1: Um, yeah i like that i like and i and uh mm, so growing up in that family and ending up in oregon i'm glad the guy turned out to be like not ted bundy or somebody like that
2: well, can you imagine doing that today? I'd be a I'd be a sex it. slave in a minute, you know. Yeah. But
1: uh, yeah, or dead. Yes, uh-huh.
2: and I don't want to say, oh, but the Lord protected me the whole few days I was hitchhiking before He did pick me up, which He did. But that doesn't mean I'm special. Uh, some Christians do have to go through horrible experiences uh, whatever he has planned for us is what we go through.
1: Yeah. Those were, those were different times and, and wild. I had one of our uh, friends in high school, she did the same thing, only she was murdered in California. So, oh, wow. uh, it was, you know, really sad. Yes. To the same, same year and everything. So sure. So those are, uh, it's true, but there's, everybody has a different path and, yes. uh, Anyway, I was just wondering, um, coming out of your household and then ending up in that uh, place where people really loved and accepted you, uh, did you feel um, like any kind of shame or guilt or anything that would drive you to the Lord? Because some people, you know, they come to the Lord uh, because they feel guilty or they need to be cleansed or what was kind of behind your... um,
2: It just came completely out of the blue, Steve. And that's why in later years when Mike would say, everyone comes to the Lord because of repentance of sin, I would just look at him because I never had any notion. I was the up and outer. If you think he sounds bitter when he's talking about up and outers, that's because I am one. Mm -hmm. I have always Mm -hmm. been one. I had no clue I was sinning. And so it was just out of the blue, just seeing that those people had something I didn't have. Uh, it was absolutely the Lord hijacking me off of the path I was on and putting me out, of transferring me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I had, as he opened my eyes to sin after I received him.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Cool. So it really was the love of the Lord uh, that led you to repent when you didn't even know you needed to repent amen yeah that's beautiful that's really neat
0: now did i hear you right you you said papa lucas wasn't a believer when he picked you up
2: he maintained till the day he died that he was not a believer although at one point when he almost died because he had pancreatic cancer towards the end Mm. he he received christ but after that he said there was nothing to it so but you know we're all stupid at our own rate. <laughs> I, I, right on. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: and do you still talk to the daughter that was there? I do. You do? I'm oh, Facebook wow. friends with her. Oh, that's cool. It's mm-hmm. cool. You've,
1: yeah, just a whole nother family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it is neat. Yeah, that's exciting. So can I ask you, what was, uh, and you may or may not want to talk about this, but I was wondering, you said um, after after you came to Christ and you prayed and said, uh, you know that you were sincere about it, that the the next day or the next night you had uh, like in a pretty amazing time where the Spirit came into you or the room, or can you tell us at all about that?
2: Well, I was just sitting there in my usual dopey way and, <laughs> and all of a sudden he just, his presence just filled, like I said, it, he just filled the room, it was warm, it was sweet, it was, it would have been suffocating, it was that thick, but mm-hmm. I just said, oh, this is what it means to know, know the Lord, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that was that.
0: Hmm. were you ever like when you got back to kansas city were you ever did you try to go back to church or did you just in your head not see god there so
2: i did go to church with my parents okay. when i lived there yes and we did have a pastor by then the church had a pastor who knew the lord so it was really fun for me oh, that's uh-huh.
1: cool. so we have a, we have i don't know how our time is looking uh but um we have probably lots of people listening and who have never heard this story before. I hope not. I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully, there's thousands. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I'm I'm wondering if you if you have I me. Mean, this really is kind of a cool opportunity. You have a chance to uh, speak to all the folks that are believers now, and maybe some that uh, aren't or haven't yet or are in the process. If you had like one thing or one um uh, a bit of advice or wisdom uh, that you'd like to share with someone who is was your age or your where you were then uh what would what would you look back on now and like to have known
2: um i don't think i would like to have known anything except that jesus is the way and I don't know that there's any way you can tell somebody that until the Lord starts wooing them. Mm-hmm. But I do think one thing that's more relevant and interesting to people is how Mike and I came to understand the abiding life, exchanged life, Christ as life. And when um, when my kids were little, Mike and I, Mike had finished up his master's degree in Bible, and so we moved back to Kansas State University where he wanted to open a...
0: Coffee shop, right, or...
2: A campus ministry.
0: Oh, okay, I thought it was like a shop he wanted to open.
2: And he had to work a regular job while he was getting the campus ministry started, and... Uh, his dad and brother's business actually got the contract on the federal building there in Manhattan, Kansas, so he was the janitor at the federal building. But once he got everything cleaned up, he had time where he could sit and study at work, as long as nobody needed something. And so every day he would come home for lunch because he was studying Watchman Nee, Hugel, Andrew Murray, all the deeper life authors. And he'd come home and tell me the wonderful things he just learned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so boring. I got to the point where I thought, this is so boring. Can't he ever talk about anything else? So then our pastor there in Manhattan took us down to Wichita one weekend because Dr. Charles Solomon from Grace Fellowship in Denver was speaking and doing a a conference down there. So we went down there and uh, Mike started talking to, Mike was so interested in it, and he started talking to Chuck about possibly working there at Grace Fellowship and Chuck was always a risk taker so he said yes sure of course and we meant when our kids grew up but four months later we were at Grace Fellowship in Denver Mike was working but uh, in the meantime they at that time I doubt they still do but at that time they had a course that you could take oh right by mail correspondence course and mike said i think you should take that course and i said well what if nothing happens what if i get all through it and nothing happens and he said well just try it so i took the correspondence course i don't remember how many six lessons eight lessons how many there were and you'd finish up one lesson and do the memorization and the testing and send it back to him and they'd send you the next course well the very last class I got it I got it I understood that Christ is my life that Galatians 2 20 no more I who live but Christ who lives in me so I told Mike I did understand that now and then he got bummed out because he didn't feel like he'd ever experienced <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> and so he didn't tell me any of that at the time but I have read in his writing since that He just kept taking walks, telling the Lord he needed to experience it, too. Of course, he wasn't about to take the correspondence course, but never mind. So uh, uh, that was when he came to the realization one day and said, Lord, if I never, ever experience that you are my life, still I'm going to believe it because I know it's true. And he said, then the experience came. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, that was after you guys were out here in Denver?
2: No, that was, that was while before? we were still in Manhattan. Sorry. Oh, I okay. should have clarified that. Yes. Uh, I took the course before we moved to Denver oh, okay. uh, in that four months mm-hmm. that we had before we moved.
1: Oh, that's
0: great. Thanks for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. And then, how much later till you guys moved here to Colorado? How much longer till he started abiding life
2: he worked with grace fellowship for three and a half years and then he started abiding life ministries with
0: did you just see the real push from the lord oh yeah yeah
2: the lord is real good about splitting us all up i just Mm -hmm. see it over and over and over and over again yeah you may think you're going to work together and off you go you get split off but It's so we don't bunch up, you know. Uh, (laughs) I've often said that I believe that God's full-time job is booting us out of our comfort zones. So uh, that's part of it. Uh, He just wants us out trusting Him, walking with Him, and Mm -hmm. not bunching up. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have a great fellowship going, yay! (laughs) I love that but so often i see people having to split off
0: when he came to you and said he wanted to start a ministry were you on board with that right away or did
2: yeah, take you yes he really had no choice the lord had backed him into a corner he couldn't continue on the way he was Oh, okay and so you <clears> of course had i known what would lay ahead right. <laughs> <laughs> how how he was immediately going to be called into international <clears> travel international
0: travel yeah international
2: and live on exhaustion for the next umpteen years yeah
0: exactly but
2: we i would never have said no people often asked me how could i let mike travel how could i let Mike go and the lord prepared both of us for the ministry at the mm-hmm. same time it was not a big sacrifice on my part the lord had prepared me just like he prepared mike for what he had to go do so
0: yeah that's cool mm-hmm. he didn't leave you in the dust he mm-hmm. just brought you alongside mm-hmm. that's neat well, thanks for sharing your testimony and yeah, then some. That's really beautiful. Yeah, this beautiful.
2: seat's just gotten hotter and hotter, so I'll be <laughs> glad we're done. Yeah.
1: No, I really like that you told us how the, you know, how you came into the abiding life and uh, started the abiding life ministries, and uh, I'm so grateful for you and uh, you, your the life you've shared with me, the life of Christ I get to be with in you, and uh, it's been wonderful. That's the beautiful thing you.
2: about the body of Christ is that blessings always run mm. both ways. And mm. so we are grateful mm-hmm. for one another. Uh, yeah, we, we can feel yeah. like someone has blessed us so much, which definitely used to have, have blessed our family so much. And somehow the blessings run both ways, even though we feel like we're not doing our part. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I
1: feel exactly that way. It's mm-hmm. so, such a wonderful blessing to, uh, to be able to walk with the Lord with you guys and be one together. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. uh, and I'm excited to do that with Noah. It's such a privilege to uh, walk with Christ with Noah in yeah. Noah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just
0: thinking, like, you're my mom, but first you are my sister in Christ. You and I have great fellowship together. We talk a lot about Christ, and it's it's great. You know, mm. it's...
2: Amen. Yeah,
0: it's cool how God works it all out. And I like walking this life with Steve. And it's, yeah, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It is fun. And God gives us people and God takes them away, and that's okay. And sometimes Amen. they come back. And sometimes they come back, exactly. That's right. It's so cool. How we
2: never know out. what he's doing. So we just, we're just long for the ride. Hang on to your hat and yeah. keep going. <laughs>
0: that's right. Exactly. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Betty. Thank you, yeah. Steve. Thank for, uh, you
2: for letting me yak.
0: For opening yeah. it up. So, yeah, thank you. So. All right. Bye.